Hello and welcome to the Vocal Academy podcast. Hi, and I'm your host, Bobby Harper, and in this series, we'll try to make all things singing and performing more comprehensible and accessible to you. Episode 1, Getting Started. First off, uh, I really want to thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I realise that it is most likely you haven't heard of me before. And I realise that if you are here and are still with me, it's because maybe you are desperately hoping I have something different from the others. Or even a way of explaining things that is different to the others and maybe easier for you to understand. Or, of course, I could just as easily be the first vocal podcast you came across and decided to give it a whirl. So, no matter the reason you are here, the fact is that right now we are here together and for that I am very grateful. So, I run a studio called The Vocal Academy, which is based on the outskirts of Dublin in Ireland. I've been teaching vocal technique for nearly eight years now from my studio. I've been performing since my formative years and while I certainly don't pretend to know everything, I do have a lot of experience and I'm humbly still learning every single day how to be better at what I do. So getting started is the place where many grand plans fall apart and there are many reasons for this. In fact, there's probably too many to cover in the few minutes that we have, but I will attempt to narrow it down to what I believe are some of the most regular reasons as I have come across them from my own perspective. In a very broad sense, I think it's somewhat like standing on the top of a pier, looking into the cold sea and trying to summon up the courage to jump in. Where at that moment, you are you know, relatively comfortable, but you know that as soon as you hit that water, you will be at the furthest point from comfortable that you could possibly be. And when you're at that point, the only thing going through most of our minds is hope. Hope that the shock is not going to be as bad as we think it's going to be. However, we also believe, no matter how deep down, that after the initial shock, we will begin to get used to it And if you look even a little bit further into the future, you may even, you know, be gleefully performing star jumps or somersaults into the water. So that's where you are now. So at this point, we'll assume that you've done some of, you know, or your research and that you've decided uh, where you're going to uh, learn how to sing better, who you've chosen to help you along with that journey. Then what? So what I want to talk about today really is some steps that will take you from that kind of procrastination into action. So the first thing that I think you may want to consider is to break it down into small pieces. So this may sound obvious, but for some people at this point, it can feel really overwhelming. Like it's really the point where a lot of the negative thoughts can overcome the will. And when something appears to be 
so big it can look insurmountable and obviously then that becomes demotivating like you're about to open a pandora's box and will quickly become overwhelmed and then lose control of the situation in actuality though you're most likely miles away from that and even though you mightn't feel it you should know that a good coach will start off respectfully bringing you with them effectively you know holding your hand so that you don't get overwhelmed by what you may perceive as losing control you know a good coach will help you to slow everything down so the reason that they will do this is because they've seen this many 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 times because you know the likelihood is that they've got you know hundreds or even thousands of hours you know doing this and this is what they do um what we're really talking about here then is slowing things down slowing things down will what will it give you it'll give you like a lot more room to maneuver in so and that will give you a lot more forgiveness and self-forgiveness i mean um and the ability and the room to think and prevent you from becoming overwhelmed so by making kind of small goals then what you do is you give yourself space and digestible pieces of information which are much 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 easier for you to deal with all of that really comes down to you know breaking it down you know into smaller pieces being a bit more mindful about it so the second thing really that i would like to kind of say based on my experience is for you to stop comparing your vocal ability to everybody that you think is better than you so when it comes to singing we humans are amazing at comparing ourselves to everybody who we think is better than us so whether that person is Whitney Houston or Stevie Wonder or Hosier or whoever it is that we rate most of us feel we are not good enough because we are not as good as an already established world-class vocalist and that's crazy you know when you think about it there is no other group of people on the planet earth that i can think of who when they start out learning a new skill will actually do this so for instance if you you know football is your thing like you don't go onto the football field and automatically assume that you're going to be as good as like Lionel Messi or Maradona or Ronaldo or whoever you think is a great football player uh, or if guitar is your thing that you're not going to pick up a guitar and then kind of think that after like a week you know that you're going to be able to play the solo lead for a stairway to heaven you know but the thing is if you get a singer into the room like all sorts of neurosis rushes to the surface so singers i'd say this stop it stop tormenting yourself it's not realistic what you've really got to do is get into the mind of focusing only on the job at hand and that might be getting to that first lesson and not to be worrying about what might happen because that's basically counterproductive and ultimately that's probably you know one of the main things that's holding you back like imagine the stress of living with that so i would say this stop comparing yourself live in the moment the third thing that i would like to say that 
again based on my experience of working with hundreds of people down the years is accept the fear so what is fear fear is an instinct programmed into the human nervous system that is primarily there you know to keep us safe so the reason fear is so big on our radar is to protect us so we need fear but fear can overwhelm us so if you look at fear a different way then you could say that fear is simply an energy so if your goal is you know to eliminate fear then you know good luck to you but the way i would see it is that fear isn't something to be eliminated you know because it can be useful it's an energy and the thing is if you can seize that and exploit that energy you can actually turn it around and benefit from it so if you accept that fear doesn't necessarily go away then you're in a better place to deal with you know so like waiting until it magically disappears all by itself like ultimately just means that you're going to spend the rest of your life waiting to start are you know having unrealistic expectations right so live with the fear you know every artist that has ever lived has suffered with the fear at some point you know even like world-class acts are well known because of the fear for instance like beyonce you know in the past she suffered so much with fear and anxiety that she actually couldn't perform in her own personality so like what she did to bridge that you know and overcome that was that she developed an alter ego and actually named her alter ego Sasha Fierce imagine that so she got into this character because she was so fearful of performing in herself and that's a legitimate way to deal with it you know uh, so far as I understand that she doesn't need that anymore um, but she did it and it was part of her process to you know to get to where she is today similarly it's documented well that Adele or Katy Perry Rihanna Ozzy Osbourne Rod Stewart Barbara Streisand they all suffer with fear so there's ways for them to come overcome that because they do and you are let's face it no different to to those or they are no different from you so when you accept that it's unlikely your fear will you know go away or disappear someday that you still feel that inner desire to start then you're going to really realize i suppose that the full truth of it is that you have to start and be afraid at the same time you know i'm not good enough i might be too old i might be terrible like these are all tactics that fear owns um and your subconscious will allow that to kind of dance in front of you and the only reason that is there it's because it's really you know trying to protect you so uh, actually you know it's it's like 
starting to go to the gym i have a good friend he's a great fitness instructor and he's a good friend of mine and he will often have people come up to him and they will promise to start uh, as soon you know as soon as they lose a bit of weight which is crazy you know you think about it like go do it what you need to do is accept that you're going to be afraid and go with it that's it you know get out of that comfort zone the fourth thing that I would like to say is that you actually need to take the responsibility on your own shoulders. So in this step, we could easily have entitled it Stop Making Excuses. But it's I think it's important to frame things positively so that you're not stopping something, but you're actively doing something, So, which is positive. So what does taking responsibility really mean? So when push comes to shove, the reason people don't start is because they have found the excuse not to. So um, I'll qualify that. Like I certainly wouldn't ever dream to diminish a reason for not starting anything because there may be many legitimate reasons for not starting something. So I'm not really talking to you if that's you but for the vast majority of people who procrastinate the excuses i've heard and you know these because you've said them in your head the ones i've said before i'm not good enough i don't have the time i'm too old i don't have the money like all of these type of excuses are basic variations of procrastinating and for the most part they are simply handoffs for taking responsibility so they're actually invented excuses and the only purpose for them existing is to make you feel somehow absolved of the responsibility for starting what it is you somehow deeply feel that you need to do what a contradiction at the end of the day the question you really need to ask yourself as soon as you realize you're falling into this trap is do i believe that starting this journey is going to help me and i'm going to answer that for you and the answer to that is yes the journey will help you so taking the responsibility really means owning the situation shutting out excuses is taking control of the situation uh, uh, this is how you start to take the responsibility for yourself so five is that you need to buy into the process because it is a process. So starting anything simply means what it says on the box you're holding that's called the starting box. And that simply means the start. Now, when you implicitly start anything, there is by definition somewhere along the way going to be an end. But the thing is that when you start, you most of the time don't necessarily see the end. Nor really do you want to, I suppose, right? But you generally won't see the end. You might have an idea what you think the end is, but the reality is you don't really know what it is. So what I would say, if I was to give you an analogy, like learning a skill is like running a marathon. There are a lot of similarities. Like, so in respect to just taking the process, 
at the start of a marathon you cannot see the you can't see the end because it's you know 26 miles away um when you're on the starting line and then i suppose the other important one that i would say is that you are going to pace yourself you know you're you're going to put one foot in front of the other and you're going to try to find a rhythm and so when you start you start your job is really to find that rhythm you will very very rarely go straight into a rhythm that's it you need to take a bit of time and get into it get the breathing right get the pace right get the rhythm right so if you think logically basically from either side of the start and the end is the bit in the middle and that is the bit that we call the journey and that really is the most interesting part of the process I reckon I'll do probably a specific podcast on process later on but just for the moment it's critical that anybody who embarks on this or any other learning activity not only understands but fully buys into the process because it's during the process that you are going to learn and I cannot underline that enough. People that buy into the process then understand uh, that it will be a while before they become perfect. <gasps> so the last point that I would make um, point six is forget perfect. Forget perfectionism. I would really really like to state that you need to delete the words perfect and perfection from your vocabulary. I believe from my experience it is the most destructive word a singer can have rattling around your thoughts when you're learning to improve your singing style and your technique. The word perfect is a poisonous distraction, a roadblock to getting a good start that can appear really anywhere along the road to getting your singing voice to the point where you want it. Which in fact, even if you get there, you will most likely realize that there's actually more work to be done. The sad reality is that when it comes to singing, the place called perfect is so remote that it is too costly to spend your time focusing on getting there. And even if you pinpointed where you thought it actually exists, by the time you even get there, who's to say that you ended up being wrong or that it moved somewhere else? Because just like the voice, perfection is a moving target. What is even worse than that is that the pursuit of perfection can actually have a detrimental effect on your progress. So not only you end up not getting there, but actually end up going backwards and even to the point of giving up. So this pursuit can you know a perfection can actually end up feeding your anxieties and walk you backwards so the reality for most people is that there really is no such place as perfect 
that there is only am I better today than I was yesterday and that is a much happier and healthier jump off point for a singer and ultimately that's the place where most people are going to make the progress from so it isn't a light switch or magic or a silver bullet like improvement creeps up on you and this is what you must understand and not only understand but accept as you begin your journey so like i would say what you should focus on is improvement and not perfect perfectionism because yes perfectionism will slowly crush you <laughs> uh, i love a quote from the author elizabeth gilbert who wrote the book eat pray love and she says we must understand the need for perfectionism is a corrosive waste of time because nothing is ever beyond criticism no matter how many hours you spend to render something flawless somebody will always be able to find fault with it and that my friends is so true so like i I, look, I really don't want to labour the point, but I think that you know deep down that this is something that's counterproductive and ultimately negative. So improvement, not perfection. So just kind of to finish off, really, I guess the bottom line is that is where you look outwardly is the vocal coach. It's who you've chosen to go with. That they only want really what is best for their student. You. So if you think of it like this. The job of the teacher is to assess. And then based on what they hear. To prescribe tools that will help you to improve. So now hopefully you've resolved that you're going to bite the bullet. And get started by booking the first class. Um... So before you um, go, what you could do is a small bit of preparation. What can you do to prepare for it? Well, if you think of it like this, not only do you have a significant emotional investment in your voice, but you're also investing your time and your money. So you really want to be getting the best value. In a lot of cases, new students will tell me when I ask them at the start of the class, and when I meet them for the first time, that they have no idea what to expect from the class. So I think that this really adds to their vulnerability. And as a teacher, I don't want any of my students to be feeling, you know, over, overly, overtly vulnerable in my studio. Although it is to be expected to some extent. To mitigate against the vulnerability, there are definitely some things that the singer can do to protect themselves you know from feeling this way and that is by some small preparations before you meet your coach for the first time i think that in any case it's generally good to have some preparation done ahead of any class that you're going to take you know just as a matter of good you know housekeeping so not that the preparation requires a lot of study or reading up on and you know learning singing terminology but more along the lines of having some idea why it is that you are there and and write it down your history what happened in the past to make you decide this 
How did you come to make this decision? Um, what is it you want from the classes? Write it down. Have an example of what happens to your voice in a song that you want to sing but find it hard because maybe your voice breaks in the middle or maybe it sounds a bit bumpy in places. You know, have an example and knowing a real demonstrable example would be a good illustration to help your new vocal coach with you. Also have an idea of where on a scale of 0 to 10, zero to 10 you think your voice rates. Like and on a good day, is that up from that? On a bad day, down from that? So the answer to these questions will give so much more back to you than if you arrive into your lesson completely blank and just handing everything to your new coach. And from your teacher's new perspective, it's almost as Jerry Maguire once famously said, you know, help me to help you. So if you remember that you're not going to your first singing lesson to impress your new vocal coach, your new vocal coach really doesn't care so much about where, how good you are. They really only care about like, where is your voice today? And then from that, then they have to see, well, how am I going to make this better? How am I going to make this voice better? Yet so many people who are already nervous put huge pressure on themselves, unnecessary pressure, by worrying what their new vocal coach will think of their voice. So vocal coaching or instruction and vocal learning is really a partnership, you know. And if you think of it like that, you're going to get on so much better with your vocal instructor and you're going to get much better in your vocal technique and your style. So that kind of brings us to the end of episode one. Uh, and I really hope that these tips have been helpful for you. If, you know, if you've been contemplating getting help with your voice. Um, by all means, if you'd like to reach out, you can find my email um, address in the podcast notes, along with other links that might be helpful related to today. Um, so until the next time. Be safe, be happy, and sing like nobody's listening.